It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Take your Bibles, please, if you would. Turn to the book of Romans, Romans in chapter 6. We're continuing teaching through the very first part of this, answering a question that Paul rhetorically asks, and it's found in chapter 6 and verse number 1. The Bible says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Now we've set, talked much so far about a, a few different things that grace does in our heart. And if we truly understand what the work of grace is meant to do in us, and what the work of grace, I should say, does do in us, then we'll understand how our relationship with sin should be. So we began to give you several things throughout the past week so far, and first of all, we dealt with that grace makes us a new person. Before I was an old man, sold under sin, in slavery to sin, really the Bible would say we are dead to or dead in sin, now I've been made alive to, or um, I'm sorry, dead to sin rather than dead in sin. I've been made alive to God, and I've been made a new creature. We said it gives us a new purpose. That purpose is that I now can walk in newness of life. I should walk in newness of life. I shouldn't be serving sin, but rather my purpose is now to live unto God and to live His righteousness out through my life. Then we said it gives us a new position. We are considered as we, we are in Christ. The Bible talks about that we are hid in, um, and I'm going to forget the verse again, but we've been hid in Christ or in God. And we're protected there. We're, we're placed in a position where we are with Christ. We are identified with Him. When God looks at us, positionally speaking, we are just like Christ. God sees us as having never sinned. This is our position, though. This is in our practice. Now we're going to move on just a little bit farther. Let me read verses 11 through 13, and we're going to deal with something else that grace does in our life, and this ought to help us in living out our life to please God. So, verse number 11 says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that word reckon, it's not the one that we think of now, or we use down south here. 
that would be saying, you know, like, well, I, I guess so, I think so, you know, I reckon. It's rather a legal term. And this is what it's getting at. When, when, when he's saying reckon, it's, it's a, a term of accounting. It's to account. So when, uh, it, it, let, me, let me put it this way, it's something we can count on. But we're to consider it as if it's as if the transaction's already been made. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Do we have the capability to sin? Yes, we do. But here's the part that we need to understand. Under grace, we're living under a new power. Chapter number... 5 verse 21, the last verse right before you get to chapter 6, it says, That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm here to tell you that Christ intends for us to have victory now over sin. We don't have to live in bondage anymore. We don't have to live under addiction anymore. We don't have to sin. Rather, we have been freed so that we could serve God, so that we can serve without being entangled in sin, and we're given so many commands but of things that we should do, things that we shouldn't. And if you look at it that way, you'll probably never be able to make, make it happen. But if we can learn to live under grace, there's a couple of different ways, I guess different aspects of this you can say. For one, grace puts us under love. The motivation to serve God is totally different. I don't do it because I have to. I do it because I get to. That in and of itself is a life changer. But aside from that, we've been given the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ's resurrection that we are identified with is the power of God. That power of God is at work in our life. And so we've been given a bunch of positional truths. Before God, it's as if we have never sinned. He sees us as sinless. He sees us as perfect. He sees us as being Christ-like. Practically speaking, we're not there yet. We'll get only get there, we'll only fully arrive there, practically speaking, when we die and go to heaven. And that's when God will totally remove the presence and capability for us to sin, I believe. But right now we still have to deal with the presence of sin. We still have to deal with temptations. But if we can understand the truths, the positional truths or how we are in Christ, it's going to help us live in our lives. Let me put it this way, and I hope this makes sense. If you walk up to, say, a person who's been laid in state, he's there in a casket, and you offer him $100 million, he's not going to respond. He's, there's nothing you can say that's going to tempt him to even attempt to take it. Why is that? You say, well, of course he's not going to take it, preacher. He's dead. Exactly. You come up there and you threaten him. Say, if you don't get out of this casket, I'm going to shoot you. What's it matter? He's already dead. If we can understand that spiritually, we are dead to the power of sin. We don't have to serve sin anymore. We've been delivered from that. And God gives us the, the, the steps to victory. God gives us some principles here that we need to learn to apply practically. So he says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm identified with Christ's death on the cross. My sins have been paid for on that cross. And so, in picture form, 
I've served my sentence under sin. I've died in Christ. I'm dead to sin. I don't have to live in that any longer. Why would I want to live in something that the Bible says the wages of sin is death? The fruit of sin is always death. Rather, I want to live to God in righteousness. And I now can do that. So I'm alive to God now and dead to my sin. Now, our, my flesh is still very much alive and well. So is yours. But now I have a spiritual nature that is more powerful than the flesh unless I allow the flesh to get the upper hand. But as long as I learn to live under the power of the Holy Spirit, I can live victoriously. Am I going to fall? Am I going to fail at times? Yes, I probably will. I know I will. I'm human. We all are. But God does not intend for us to live in a lifestyle of sin. When we sin, we have that provision that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But that is the exception. That is not to be a get-out-of-jail-free card every time we sin and we can just keep on living in the same sin. God doesn't intend for that. We're supposed to be living in victory. So here comes the command then. If we can get a hold of this little truth here, that in Christ we are dead to sin positionally and then try to pl play it or live it out practically. So we reckon ourselves to be dead indeed to sin. We're alive unto God. So when a choice comes that I get to choose sin or God, I need to understand, wait a minute, I'm dead to sin and I'm alive unto God. I now have the power to live righteously whereas I didn't before. So what's he going on to say? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. I think here's maybe a key that might help us understand this a little bit better. Now that we're alive to God, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. If we can learn to respond to His voice, we'll be able to live victoriously. There's a couple things I guess you could say that need to play into this. But, I mean, it's, it's in the Word of God. If I'm going to live in the Spirit, what do I need to do? I need to have two things. For one, I need to be praying. Prayer is where we get all of our power from. I need to be truly praying. Not this, you know, not, not just saying words, not mindlessly saying words, not repeating, you know, words and phrases just because, you know, I'm supposed to say these words this particular way. No, truly get a hold of God. Talk to Him like He's a real person because He is. And tell Him what you have need of. Tell Him where you're struggling. Ask Him for help. Then secondly, you need to be in the Word of God. You need to know what the Word of God says about whatever you're dealing with. You need to know what God wants you to be living. And then you ask Him to help you. And then as you're going through your daily life, living under a spirit of prayer, or in a spirit of prayer, and you've got some knowledge of the Word of God, when this choice comes up, you're going to have to choose between sin or God. This is what happens. The temptation to sin comes up, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, it's more than a conscience, and if you're a believer, you know the difference, says, that's wrong, you shouldn't do that. Well, guess what? Here's what's just happened. I've been placed, there's a temptation to sin given, before salvation, unless it's something insanely morally wrong, 
my conscience would not have been sufficient maybe to keep me from involving myself in this sin. In fact, you can sear your conscience enough that it won't bother you at all. So this temptation comes up before I'm saved. I probably would have went right to it. No questions asked. I just do it. That lady walks by that's dressed inappropriately before salvation. My flesh would want to just keep on looking and lust after her in my heart. That's how the flesh works. But now that I'm saved and I've got the Spirit of God in me, now put myself in that same scenario. This lady comes walking by. My flesh says, ooh, keep on looking. But the Spirit says, no, that's wrong. You'd be committing adultery in your heart. Now I have a choice, whereas before I had no choice. Now I have some power to help me to get over that. So I say, yes, Lord, you're right. I look away. This happens very quickly. But if I can learn to respond to the Holy Spirit's voice in the smallest of matters, we're not just talking about the big ones, but if I tune my ear to respond to that voice the moment it speaks, it'll make all the difference in the world to how I live. Am I going to live perfectly? No, there are times I still fail. But do I have the power to live victoriously? Absolutely I do. Because I'm dead to sin and now I'm alive unto God. So now I need to treat myself and my body and my members as instruments of righteousness unto God. They are God's. They are meant to be used by God's. I have now removed myself from the slavery of sin and placed myself under the lordship. And um, I don't know the, another word to use, but I placed myself in servanthood to God. Maybe I could say it that way to get my point across. I'm now God's. I don't belong to Satan. I don't belong to sin. I don't belong to self anymore. I am God's. And so therefore, I want him to use his property, my body, as he sees fit. And if I can learn to respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit's never going to guide, contrary to the Word of God, and I can live in the Spirit if I stay in the Word of God and in prayer, and if I learn to tune my ear to his voice, I can live victoriously to see, uh, victoriously for God. I don't have to be in bondage to sin any longer. I know there's some things maybe a little harder to break from than others, but I promise you, grace gives you the power to live in victory over any sin because we are not in bondage anymore. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.